0: Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again with our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. As always, a humbling experience doing this on a weekly basis. It's so cool that uh, talking talking to people from all around the United States, uh, different parts of the globe, uh, emailing, um, just phone calls, Um, again, very humbling, and I really appreciate the opportunity to do this. Um, some of you guys have emailed different topics, which is great. That is really important because I want to be able to t- speak to topics. Um, as you know, I Julie always, always always asks me, like, what are you talking about this week? It's like, ah, I don't know. And, and I, just something just pops in my head and figure, you know, let me take take a retrospective look at the past week of clinical work. And, and um, I, I kind of go from there. So today's topic is... Social media and the deleterious impact that it has on the sense of self, um, I see it a lot in children and adolescents. And, and Julie is reading this book right now, which is called Successful Psychopharmacology. So she was out the other day picking up a, a, a present um, from a, town, a store in, in, in Duxbury. So I was flipping through the book, um, and I I got to the chapter on eating disorders. And as most of you guys know who've been following the podcast, I don't generally read stuff, but I I do when I think it's relevant. So this was a study conducted by Yale with 4,000 participants. And they asked a very simple question. What would you give up? in order to not be obese. Here are the facts. 46% said they would actually die a year earlier in order to not to be obese. 15% said, chop off 10 years of my life as long as I do not have to be obese. 25% would rather not have children than be obese. 15% would rather be clinically depressed than obese. 15% said they would rather be alcoholic than obese. 5% said, take a limb, but don't make me obese. That's pretty intense. 4% actually said, take away my vision, but do not make me obese. Again, it's intense there. This one is interesting. 10% said that they would rather have an anorexic child than an obese child, and here's the kicker, 8% would rather have a learning disabled child than an obese child. Now, even though I preface this episode by saying it's going to be social media, this is a huge comparative part. So like, if you go back to like Freudian theory, early psychoanalytic theories, they believe that anorexia was a defense against the desire to become a sexualized woman. The girl was so frightened of becoming a sexualized woman that she would starve herself to preserve the body of a young girl um you know Freud made a lot of contributions to the field of psychology, but he was way off on this one. There are many biopsychosocial factors involved in in eating disorders, and again that that's a separate topic in and of itself but but social media and and this is not targeted towards any specific platform it's just i'm I'm talking more about the deleterious. Uh, negative impacts of social media. Now, you know, again, not being that old, I I didn't grow up with social media. Um, you, you, some of you guys might remember you had the, the, the telephone and you'd wrap yourself around in the cord um, or then when wireless phones came out, it was like the coolest thing. And then you had the big monster cell phones with a huge battery and then you have the phones that were installed in the car and then you know with the advent of technology which has its blessings and its curses uh you know my my iphone is a blessing and a curse uh i do not do social media you know when i first started private practice my stepson set up uh our private practice inward bound psych as um you know on, on uh, Twitter, uh Facebook, um, LinkedIn, but I don't really, never really used it, uh, one, because I don't really have an interest, but what, what I find interesting is how much social media impacts the sense of self, and I will ask, if we just stick with children, adolescents for a second, I'll ask kids, how many friends do you have? I, I have 712, and I'll say, you're nine, How do you have 712 friends? The concept of friends is very different in terms of how children perceive these relationships. And it almost becomes consuming that if I'm not invited to this specific chat group, or if I'm, you know, blocked from a specific chat group, this has a lot to do with sense of self and our affinity, which. It is very ironic our affinity to confirm the negative aspects of ourselves. People, I think, social media has has benefits in terms of being able to connect people. You know, family members that are distant, that are far away, you can show pictures of your baby, you can show pictures of relatives. You know, there, there there are some positive aspects to it, but it also is a platform that is incredibly destructive outwardly. I'm talking like cyberbullying. And schools do a horrible job of monitoring it. They do a horrible job because, again, this is almost like, you know, f- a form of, you get into like the, the um, uh, 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 abuse, I'm, I'm generalizing here, but in my experience, a vast majority of people who are victims of abuse invariably say, I'd rather he or she just hit me. Because I can cover up the scars, I can cover up the bruises, I can make an excuse why I'm wearing a turtleneck in the middle of summer, or the middle of August, um, because I might have a cold. But they invariably say, I can't unring the bells. And when, you know, with social media, I, I try to convey to people that people post only the aspects of their life that they want you to see. You know, well, you know, Alexis went on a vacation with her family to to Bermuda. You know, and then I take a look at my life, and my parents don't have the means to be able to do that. Um, she's everybody's smiling, and and I, I'll say very bluntly, how do you know that Dad wasn't shooting up heroin? before they took the photo and mom didn't pass out drunk after the photo was taken so it's it's a very um myopic way of in impacting the sense of self and I, i i personally think half the stuff people say on social media they would never say in person um you know, it, made, it got to the point where social media became so destructive that the former idiot who was running the country uh, was able to basically brainwash a, a group of, of, of Americans into believing in ideology to the point that he's banned from social media. Um, I guess, you know, in private sector companies have a right to do that. There's a question of free speech, whatnot. This is not what this is about. This is about, you know, I think, I think, uh, the iPhone does tracking how much time we spend on certain apps, how much time we spend on, on social media. I would, I would encourage you to use those analytics and take a look at it for yourself. And especially if you have children, again, especially during the pandemic, Now, uh, TikTok is kind of funny. I watched this one like an angry grandma again. Here, here I go with the free advertising, but anyhow, there's some, there's some funny stuff, but you know, the access to, to social media and these different platforms, they, they paint a very microscopic picture of the human experience. And the concerning part is how those, how that an individual's interpretation of what they're, listening to, what they're watching, a combination of the both, how that impacts generally negatively on the sense of self. So uh, if you're a parent, if you're raising a child and you do not know your, the passwords, To your child's social media accounts, that is a problem. Trust me, from experience, that is a red flag. Now, does that mean they may not create multiple accounts? Yeah, that happens all the time. But then you get into the whole aspect of sexting. That's a kind of a, a bizarre thing in and of itself. Were we all sexually repressed when we were children prior to the advent of the internet and social media? That. You see this a lot with children and adolescents. Like, why is this this a new version of like the sexual revolution? Um, So kids like to use Snapchat because the stuff uh, is 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 untraceable. But I'm I'm more concerned about the now is can social media contribute and cause depression? Absolutely. Can it cause anxiety? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can it cause PTSD? possibly social anxiety is it's not going to cause bipolarity it's not going to cause schizophrenia it's not going to cause autism but it could certainly impact the affective or emotional components of those specific various psychopathologies so again it, it it's interesting to to watch and and again with the with the pandemic um we were all isolated. So that was a, a a primary means of communicating for at least people who took the pandemic seriously quarantine and quarantined and waited until there was a vac- vaccine. And, you know, that's a separate topic in and of itself. If you go back to the Spanish flu, this is prior to technology, prior to anything. People, you know, were dying exponentially, probably similar to what the rates are right now. As soon as the vaccine came out, they got it. Right now, you have people with, this is the danger, because you can disseminate information without any degree of accountability or responsibility. That, I think, is a very problematic thing. I'm not sure how you regulate that. Um, but you can basically say anything and have no accountability whatsoever. You can hide behind the mask of your keyboard on your iPhone, on your Android, on your tablet. You can post what you want. You can say what you want, and you get away scot-free. Without any regard for the impact of what you're posting has an individual and I 'm not talking about posting you know we were at a birthday party last night and you know there's pictures of people having cocktails and pictures of you know family members hugging yeah those are positive things and I'm not saying all social media is bad i'm talking about the, the 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 downsides of it how it relates and how it contributes to the the negativity. Uh, in the negative aspect of how it relates to, 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 to mental health. So again, I'm I'm not cursing social media, but I'm saying that it is a platform that basically allows an individual to say and post whatever it is they want with, with wanton disregard for the impact it has. And especially in the, in children and adolescents, in the development of the self sense of self and self esteem, it is incredibly powerful. I mean, I said that I think in the first episode. If it's on the internet, it must be true. Kids really gravitate towards this. They it really impacts them. You know, adults I think are a little bit more resilient. It doesn't mean it might not impact them. But then, then you have post people posting stuff like, "Hey, just went to the bank." Hey, look at him for di-. like who has time for this? Who has time to post? I don't care what you're eating for dinner. I have no interest that you just made a deposit at the ATM. So, you know, there's some people that, that are, and I think the, the, the DSM did an awful job. They did an awful job of not including internet addiction as part of the addictive disorders. I think it was driven and motivated politically and financially because if people stop using the internet, e-commerce would significantly have been impacted because there was a, there was a proposition to include internet addiction as part of a, a as a specific diagnostic category. So the AP, the, 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 the committee who did the DSM, I think did a, did an awful job because they are full. These, these are, clinicians, these are professionals who are dealing with it and they saw it and they just completely ignored it. So they basically have normalized it that there is no disorder, but you can diagnose addiction disorder and kind of put it as a caveat, like an unspecified addiction disorder, comma, internet addiction, social media addiction. Um, you know, you take kids' phones away and they, they freak out. They, they, they decompensate psychiatrically, whether that's emotionally, uh, mentally, uh, behaviorally, because their, their sense of self-esteem and their sense of connectedness. If I'm missing a response to a chat or somebody doesn't respond to a text or somebody doesn't acknowledge or I'm not in, again, in this chat room or this group, then I am ostracized and the amount of internalization. That takes place, and this really relates to the whole concept of social comparison theory. Where do I fit on the continuum and the spectrum of my sense of self as it relates to my peer group, as it relates to um, uh, my, my my family? And you know, people have have big mouths on social media, but I I I would bet anything never never would say that stuff to an actual person in, you know, if you talk really about that negative aspect, I think there was even that case of the girl who, and she got prosecuted, who was, the boyfriend was in the garage uh, wanting to kill himself. And she was basically convincing him to kill himself. And I, I'm almost positive she was a uh, not an adult, but I believe she was tried as an adult and and convicted. So, you know, words hurt, um pictures hurt. You know, if you take a look here okay, Julie's slowly sliding over as she does. <laughs> She's eating her hummus and her carrots and be first before she slides me a note of what I'm missing. Here here's Julie. Go on. Not on a funny note. On a
1: very serious note. Um as sometimes I just sit and listen to Core do the podcast and then I think about things that should maybe be mentioned and be included also with um anyone who's on social media particularly young impressionable people they that predators have access to these kids um they don't know who they're talking to and this has been going on for a long time well, i mean is, since is computers this a ga-
0: gateway for for pedophiles
1: so again and you know the the bullying is um is is vile and I don't know how we're going to stop bullying because I, I agree that, um, schools don't handle it, um, well enough at all. Um, and I think it's, some – I, I find that people are very traumatized by bullying and I think it really, really impacts their development, their sense of self. So, but I wanted to also say safety is very important. And if you have a child and or an adolescent and they're innocently putting themselves out there, um, you know there there are people out there that will take advantage of that and and some of them are adults um so that's my two cents. I'll jump back in later if I need to <clears throat>
0: well, that's kind of how you flow with all this um but yeah, a gateway for um pedophiles and again that that's a topic in and of itself, a whole separate section uh, uh episode we we could do on that. Uh, but you know, I'll ask kids, you know, a pedophile is able to delay immediate gratification for years. And the process is called g- grooming. Um, so, you know, say you're, um, say you're playing call of duty, which none of your kids should be playing at all. There's some adults too. Hey, you you live in, in, in Duxbury? Yeah. Oh, I never met you. I go to your, I go to the same school. We just moved into town. Oh, I got the code. You want to you want to get that extra gun and that weapon pack? Oh, once you meet me after school. My dad picks me up in, in this orange pickup truck. The kids are susceptible. Kids are like sponges. And if you and if and if your your sense of self-esteem is so fragile, you're more likely to gravitate towards anybody that's going to want to reach out to you and give you some some degree of attention and acknowledgement. So, again, the whole reason for this topic is I, I I've I've seen this trend and I've seen the impact that social media has had on their kids and how many parents are completely unaware of what's going on if well my, well my child's home and they're on their they're on their phone all the time um yeah but do you know what they're looking at and like even even in our own family like there's been there's been times where uh julie and i the kids their spouses were sitting around the fire in the living room everybody's on their phones and no one's talking and this is also again i'm not doing social media i'm looking maybe looking on stuff up online or um, you know, playing a, a game on my phone, but you know, I think as a society, we've 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 there's there's a paucity and almost like a a a stunt and development in terms of how we communicate with one another. You know, if our means of communication are sim- are simply texting or posting pictures, and you know, and then you get into like real world situations where you want to ask a girl out, I want to ask a boy out, you want to, you know, just just have general you know healthy communication skills if you don't develop the actual oration and, and and verbal diction to communicate uh that's putting yourself out there even more because if you can hide behind a screen you do not have to be as vulnerable and again it's 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 a it's a dangerous platform again and then i again i'm not talking about any specific Social media platform in general. I'm talking just about the concept of how we've been able to connect. So, okay, Julie's sliding over again. But just, I mean, the you know the other part is how we've been able to connect the world is kind of a cool thing. All right.
1: In in the phone, I mean, meeting in person, visiting in person, then the telephone, and now the telephone goes to texting, and we've been texting for quite some time now, and then. Now the texting, you know, completely replaces a phone conversation, and now, now we've even gone even an, an extra. We we have the gifs. I don't know if they're gifs or gifs, but I call them gifs, and you know we're communicating via that, and and in just expressing our emotions, which I love those. By the way, I think they're historical. I use
0: Judge Judy all the time. Her rolling her eyes. I'm
1: obsessed with GIF. Um, but that's not even hip anymore. But now it's like now the texting, if you send a text to somebody, they don't even have to respond to you. All they have to do is add an exclamation point, a question mark, a thumbs up or a heart like you like the comment. I'm the first one to admit I do this when I don't want to text because I'm too busy. Can you imagine we're here? That's what I'm saying. I just think it's, it's here, funny here, my own
0: personal thing, like, LOL. I don't believe people are really laughing out loud. I, I, I really don't. That's just my own personal opinion. Again, there's the outliers, the anomaly, perhaps, but I don't think people really laugh out loud. Um, so, I, 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 again, I just want to do this episode to, to draw attention in terms of the negative aspects of social media. And, you know, it, it impacts adults. And I've had a lot of adults, Is one of the questions I'll ask, is any problems related to social media, the internet, Um, and adults generally will say they, they, they spend way too much time on it and do a lot of social comparison and it, it, I can't really determine or really decipher what percentage, if you had to say what, what, what percentage is social media contributing to an individual's depression or anxiety I, I i don't know but i could say with with a, a definitely a degree of confidence that it is having a negative impact um but it's it, it's it's also we live in a world of immediate gratification so it's very easy to take a picture and post it it's very easy to send something and just hit send again without any accountability or responsibility and are there people who use social media responsibly absolutely I'm just coming, you know, as a di- – oh, boy. <laughs>
1: yeah, because during the pandemic, what was the one thing that all that kept us all connected? I feel like in during the pandemic, it was an amazing time to have access to social media because, you know, all the people who are influential out there um, – and I mean, you know, kind of movie uh, actors and um, musicians and, you know, people of influence um, – And I'm just naming a couple of, um, you know, domains, but, um, you know, people normalizing how crazy it all felt and these people who are communicating directly, whereas normally you wouldn't really have that kind of communication. And it was very personal. And I think it really helped a lot of people through the pandemic, um, just because people who were like, you know, super, seemingly super perfect, super perfect life and you know you just imagine that right about these famous people with all this money and and that they but, but they, that, were, but, but you, they were they you, were you just that. as scared as we were you assume that you assume that but they were just as scared as we were they were just as mi- baffled and mystified terrified um you know going through that whole you know staying at home and quarantining and um and then finding humor in it too you know i mean i'll never forget molly sims pouring chardonnay into her her cereal when her little daughter was talking i mean she was hysterical but like that i feel like kept us connected so on a note that is not negative that also we're not you know condemning social media because it's a it can be a wonderful way to communicate
0: yeah i mean julie brings up a good point i i i i'm coming from just the aspect of as a diagnostician and and seeing the the negative impacts that social media has on the sense of self are there definitely benefits and positives like i said to be to be able to connect the world and on on a on a platform that that's pretty cool but there has to be a level of responsibility and a level of accountability uh at home in the workplace uh in the schools that you know you have you have to be held accountable if you're going to be posting stuff that has a you know a high degree of potential to harm someone whether it's directed at a specific person or directed at uh a philosophy and ideology because information is power and you know the, the depending on the status you have people will gravitate more towards what you are posting if you have whatever somebody perceives whether they're credible or not but if they're you know they call them like influencers they have a lot of power over people so again i think we do need to have this in the diagnostic manual as an actual Disorder, whether that is social media addiction, we have we have alcoholism, we have drug abuse, um, you know why what opioid abuse? Why why do not why do we not we have gambling disorder? Why do we not have internet social media addiction? Um, it's real, it it exists, and um, just be mindful of what what you post because the people in your network are listening, they are paying attention, and you know, again, I come from more of the negative side because my job in doing diagnostics is to find out what is wrong with people and to find out what are the factors that are uh, you know, salient but also peripheral and contributory to whatever psychopathology that I am dealing with. So Be responsible. Um, As always, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Uh, Feel free to reach out to me at psychologyunplugged at outlook.com through Psychology Today. Uh, I enjoyed doing this with you guys. Please continue to email me and contact me. Call me um, and let me know what topics you guys want to listen about or listen to. And I uh, hope you guys are enjoying this. I appreciate it. Um, and for parents, be careful and watch your kids on social media. One, one, thing, one last thing, what kids are not good at is deleting their social media history or their internet history. So if your child has any sense of or any history of suicidality, of self-injurious behaviors, they usually look that up on YouTube or a different site because it's out there. So until next time, be well, have a great week, get vaccinated, talk to you guys, take care, bye.